You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's show, College World Series gets underway tomorrow with Vandy, Tennessee, and Mississippi State out in Omaha. We'll hear from some of the SEC Network experts with their thoughts on the SEC's chances. Also, some preseason recognition for some SEC football players as the Walter Camp preseason teams are out. We'll tell you who made it. And we'll go around the conference with plenty of tidbits on Auburn, Mississippi State, A&M, and much more. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. You get the latest episode of the show as soon as it comes out each and every day. All right, let's jump into it. Let's get you ready for the College World Series. Whether it's the pitching of Vanderbilt, slugging of Tennessee, there's a lot of talent in the College World Series coming from the state of Tennessee. Of course, Vol coach Tony Vitello spoke about the quality of baseball being played in the state during a press conference yesterday at Omaha, and he said there is a lot of great states where they play a lot of great baseball, but there's only one state with two programs here in Omaha, and that's Tennessee. We should all be proud of that. We play some great baseball in the the state. So here's what the schedule looks like tomorrow at 1 o'clock Central, 2 Eastern on ESPN. It'll be NC State taking on Stanford, and then the SEC teams get underway later on Saturday night, 6 p.m. Central, 7 Eastern on ESPN. It'll be Arizona versus Vanderbilt. Then on Sunday, 1 Central, 2 Eastern, we'll get Virginia taking on Tennessee on ESPN 2. And then Sunday night on ESPN 2, it'll be Mississippi State taking on Texas. 6 Central, 7 Eastern, and then the College World Series Finals. We played a week from Monday starting June 28th. Our buddy Matt Moscona over at Locked On LSU, he caught up with several members of the SEC Network this week to preview the SEC teams in the College World Series, so we thought we'd let you hear from some of them. First up, there's Todd Walker sharing his thoughts on the three teams coming out of the SEC. I think Mississippi State has the staff to get it done. I don't, I don't think they're overly talented offensively. But I love what uh, Jake Gotro has done there. And they fight, man. They fight you. And that's, you know, when you want to ask me about hitting, the one element that you have to have is put the ball in play. Don't strike out. And so that's what they do better than anybody, Mississippi State. So they're not overly talented, but they're going to fight you. And the pitching staff's good. Uh, Vanderbilt, it's hard to believe they couldn't do it again. I mean, they're, you know, they won in 2019 with Kumar Rocker. Uh, now they've got uh, uh, Jack Leiter behind him. And at their best, those are the two best pitchers in the country. There's no question. So it's hard to imagine a team that could beat them when they're at their best. And then uh, Tennessee just seems to get it done. I mean, they've got some talented players. There's no doubt about it. And what I love about Tennessee when we talked to Tony Vitello during the week is they have a fo- – like Mississippi State has a focus on not striking out offensively. Tennessee has a focus on throwing strikes on the mound. So they throw strikes. They're going to challenge you. And they've got the wipeout swing and miss pitches to strike you out. But – I love the fact that their focus uh, is on throwing strikes and keeping around the zone. You're going to have to do that. We know how big TD Ameritrade is and how tough it is to hit there. If you start walking people or kicking the ball around, you lose. So you better be good defensively, and you better be able to throw strikes. Tennessee does that as good as anybody. Next up, Big Ben McDonald sharing his thoughts on Vanderbilt possibly winning it all as the favorite entering Omaha. You know, the way this thing is structured now with the off days in between, it's hard to get away from Vanderbilt because they got the big two we've been talking about, you know, Rocker and Lighter all year long. And, you know, if they stay in the winner's bracket, 
you almost can get through this thing with just two starting pitchers. And if they can do that and stay in the winner's bracket, it's hard to get away from Vanderbilt because of the pitching that they have at the top. The, you know, two or three guys in the bullpen are really good, too. But the offense is one of the best offenses in the SEC, if, if not one of the best in the country, too. So it's hard, kind of hard to get away from Vanderbilt at this point. Having said that, you know, Tennessee's playing really well. Texas, who I have not seen, appears to have a different kind of team that we've seen in the past. They got, you know, a future first rounder is their ace, and they got a different kind of offense and guys that can bang it around a little bit. So you get here this time of the year, it's not necessarily the best. It's a team that just plays the best here this week or so here in Omaha, and that's going to be your national champion. A little bit more from Ben McDonald. Here's Big Ben on Tennessee. Uh, you know, they're that, that playing a Virginia team that was a three seed overall, and we don't see many three seeds get to this point, but Virginia has figured out a way to do it. They've been counting out all year long on a lot of different levels, but yet here they are in Omaha. But I wouldn't count Tennessee out. It almost just as many come from behind victories as they have this year, walk-off victories. It almost kind of feels like Tennessee's year. Now, here's what scares me about Tennessee. They're a home-run hitting team in a very small ballpark. Mm, it's yeah. not a fair ballpark to play in. That is not a fair ballpark for pitchers. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. I'm telling you, now you all of a sudden you come to Omaha where the ballpark is much bigger and you wonder how it's going to affect Tennessee's game. So they're not going to be able to hit as many home runs. That could change Tennessee's game a little bit. Now, the other thing, if you want to lean on Tennessee, is like, well, they do hit a lot of doubles, and they do. They hit a ton of doubles. So it's an older team with some five and six year old guys, you know, that's been there five or six years at the university. It's enough pitching the pretty good guys. And so, Tennessee's got a real shot. I'm just telling you, when you go through the conference like they went through the conference and you play the schedule they did, I mean, only Arkansas won more SEC weekends than what yeah. Tennessee did. One more. Let's hear from Ben McDonald on Mississippi State. But you know, Mississippi State's one of those teams you look at and you go, wow, that's three in a row. That's a program record. Now, of course, they don't have the history that LSU has. Obviously, never won one. That's kind of the only thing missing from their yeah. resume as a, as a university, but no, it's a good team. It's, a, it's still a very deep team on the pitching staff side. <laughs> Some veteran guys at the top. The offense is not a Vanderbilt-type offense, but it is a good enough offense. They don't have to score a bunch because they have a deep pitching staff. So, yeah, it'd be hard to get away from Mississippi State, too, just because now they've been here three years. Now they were happy to be here three years ago. Last time they thought they had a real shot. This year they're looking at it with these veteran guys going, okay, guys, look, we've been here every year. We're the only team that says we could be here the last three years. Now it's time for us to finally win one, and don't be surprised if they do. And just one more note on uh, SEC and college baseball, LSU, their coaching search continues. Uh, Latest rumors now that Mike Bianco might not be leaving Ole Miss uh, to take the LSU job as rumors last 24 to 48 hours uh, were that he was. So we will keep an eye on that and track that and update you uh, continually on what's the latest on LSU's head coaching search. Coming up next, we are going to go around the conference. Plenty of football tidbits, recruiting notes, and much more. That's next. Built Bar, still the best-tasting protein bar ever. We ask you guys all the time, what's your favorite Built Bar flavor? You know that they've got nine delicious ones, including coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something literally for everyone and you can try them all out. I recommend anybody who's never had a Built Bar before, go onto their website, BuiltBar.com, and throw a mixed box into your cart. You will get two of each of their nine flavors, so you can try them all and find out which one is your favorite. My favorite is the mint brownie. I know you'll find your favorite once you try them out all. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but of course they are healthy as well. Many of the flavors packed with 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, what are you waiting for? Order today. Grab that raspberry or that mint brownie, whatever you like. 
And you could do so at BuiltBar.com. And make sure you use our promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you will get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We're along here, locked on SEC. Big weekend up ahead of college baseball as the College World Series gets underway. The SEC with three teams there. But we are just uh, less than, I think, about 78, 77, depending on what day you're listening to this, days away from the SEC college football season getting underway. So let's jump into a plenty of notes. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. Texas A&M, they suffered a blow to their recruiting class for next year as Isaiah Setegna, a four-star wide receiver out of Fayetteville, Arkansas, announced the news on social media that he has officially decided it is best to pursue the recruiting process again. So with that being said, my recruitment is 100% open. Setegna originally committed to the Aggies back in March. He's the number one player in the state of Arkansas. 5'11", 170 pounds, or the number 35 wide receiver in the country. He's got close to 30 offers from all over the place, including Arkansas. Now, his father, Mario, is an assistant coach with the Arkansas track and field team, and his mother ran track for LSU. His departure leaves the Aggies with seven commitments, and they are currently ranked fourth in the SEC, ninth in the country. His absence also leaves the Aggies with one wide receiver in the current class, Noah Thomas, a three-star out of the Houston area. But... Worth tracking that one, as a lot of folks think Arkansas very well is in play for Satagna. Devin Morris says his college football career has come to an end. He announced in March that he was stepping away from football to focus on his mental health. Wednesday evening, he shared he will not be returning to the field for Texas A&M. He thanked his A&M coaches, wished his Aggie teammates well. He recorded 25 tackles and three pass breakups. Last season, did not play in the regular season finale against Tennessee or the Orange Bowl against North Carolina. Over at Auburn, Brian Harson, his new program dealing with a little bit of a hit to the roster as Hal Presley, a three-star wide receiver in this past uh, Auburn recruiting class, he has entered the transfer portal already. The report from Auburn Undercover and 24-7 Sports says that Presley arrived on campus in early June for summer workouts but left this week and is now back home in the state of Texas. Because he signed his letter of intent and had joined the program, he is eligible to enter the transfer portal. He's 6'3", 200 pounds out of the state of Texas. Isn't the first time he's had a change of heart. Presley had originally committed to Baylor last May and was for five months before he opened his recruitment. He ultimately chose Auburn. He's the second wide receiver in Auburn's 2021 class, joining Tarverish. Dawson, the number 25-ranked athlete in the nation. Presley was part of the dedicated dozen group of players who signed with Auburn back in December. He's the only receiver in that group. Coming out of high school, Auburn described him as a fluid performer with speed and quickness. In a senior high school, he had 32 catches for almost 800 yards and 13 touchdowns. There's some good news for Auburn. One of their top JUCO defenders, Hutchinson Community College cornerback Rotarius Torrance, named the Defensive Player of the Year for the NJCAA for the JUCO ranks. He allowed only one player to catch a pass against him this past season. A lot of people very high on Rotarius Torrance coming into Auburn. He announced his commitment to Auburn on June 6th, rated as a three-star 
Juco prospect on 24-7 sports. He had previously played to Tennessee, but ultimately chose the Tigers. So a uh, good get there for Auburn and a guy being named uh, one of the best to do it in the Juco ranks. One more note on Auburn. They have scheduled a new home-and-home -home series with the U, University of Miami. The uh, series will start in 2029 and go into 2030. So Auburn will play at Miami in 2029, and they will host the Hurricanes at Jordan-Hare Stadium in 2030. Auburn is 7-4 all-time against Miami, with the last meeting coming back in 1984. College football season will be kicking off in a couple weeks with a big opening weekend. We know the big, big matchup, Clemson and Georgia, two teams sure to be ranked very high in many of the preseason polls, but... The big game came up when Clemson Athletic Director Dan Radakovich was on the Packer and Durham show. And Radakovich called it a game that doesn't need any hype from an AD. He said, quote, this one is just going to be huge. You mentioned all of it. I don't think you need the AD to hype this game up. It's just on a different level. We are so honored to be a part of it. Looking forward to it. It's going to be an exciting day up at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Georgia has dominated the series against Clemson. 42-18-4, uh, and four, Georgia leads the rivalry clash. The last meeting was in 2014 when Georgia won that one, 45-21 in Athens. But the September 4th meeting will be the first one of the college football playoff era. And two really good head coaches with Dabo Sweeney and Kirby Smart on the sidelines. One of the top recruits in the class of 2023 is back on the market. Yesterday morning, five-star running back Ruben Owens II announced He's backing off his pledge to Texas. Owens, as we mentioned, five-star recruit, number 24 overall prospect nationally for 2023. He's out of El Campo, Texas. Had a ton of scholarship offers, including the likes of Alabama, LSU, Arkansas, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, A&M, and others. But after being re-offered by the Steve Sarkeesian staff, Owens pledged to Texas back on February 25th. Prior to that commitment, he shared a top five, which included LSU, A&M, and Georgia. But in his decommitment, Owen says he will still consider signing with the Longhorns, but never a good look when you've been committed to a school for a while, decommit, and go, oh, you guys are still on my list. But a ton of SEC schools in play now for Owens. The ESPY Awards are coming back. ESPN announced the nominees for the 2021 ESPY Awards uh, earlier this week. Alabama is the most well-represented SEC program among the nominees the Crimson Tide squad is nominated for Best Team, while Devontae Smith is up for multiple awards as well. The SEC is also represented by former Ole Miss standout DK Metcalf and Kentucky Volleyball's Madison Lilly. The ESPYs will air on Saturday, July 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC. And a quick SEC basketball note. It did not take very long for Kentucky men's basketball coach John Calipari to shoot down the latest report of him being linked to the NBA job market, Calipari tweeted, it's that time of year. Why do rumors always start when we're in the middle of recruiting? At the best job in the country with the best opportunity to impact young people and add value to their careers. Calipari sent that tweet not long after a Yahoo Sports report put him as, on a list of possible NBA coaching candidates. Calipari, 62, coming off one of the worst years of his career. Cats went 9-16 and 16 last season. Last time Kentucky was out of the big dance was in 2013 after the Cats went 21-12. and 12. And there you have it. That is around the conference. Coming up next, 16 SEC players named 2021 preseason All-Americans. We'll discuss that next. Bet online, still the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all of your sports action. 
You guys know NBA playoffs in the thick of it, getting closer and closer to those conference finals. Baseball season obviously in full swing as well. And you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs over at Bet Online. In fact, if you head over to their website right now, you can do so on your mobile device. You can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using our promo code LOCKED ON. That's L O C K E D O N, all caps. Make sure you do it before you sign up or as you sign up. You don't want to do it after you sign up. They won't let you put the code in. You got to do it as you sign in or sign up, rather, put in the promo code LOCKED ON. Head over to Bet Online. You can do so on your map, laptop or mobile device and check out all their great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action on a nightly basis, or maybe there's some future bets you want to make. They got some odds to win the SEC next year. If you feel good about one of the teams with a long shot, maybe Mississippi State, LSU, you can make some money on them. It is Bet Online. They are your online sportsbook experts. Quick minute here for our buddies at rockauto.com. With the ever increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible for you to go to your local chain auto parts store to stock up on all the parts you need. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And you got to wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brands that they have in their warehouse or ones that they happen to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and, of course, in your pocket. Save time and money when you use Rock Auto. Why would you spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Go to rockauto.com. They are a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They're reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And make sure you write locked on their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Roll along here, Locked On SEC. And yesterday, 16 SEC players were named 2021 preseason All-Americans. The Walter Camp 2021 preseason All-America teams were announced. Seven SEC standouts were named to their first team. Georgia punter Jake Camarda and LSU defensive back Derek Stingley are among the eight previous Walter Camp All-Americans to make the preseason teams. But here's how it shakes out. Looking at the first team offense on the offensive line, several SEC guys. Darian Kennard out of Kentucky, Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M, and Evan Neal from Alabama, all making the first team on the Walter Camp preseason All-America team. Cade York, the kicker from LSU, also on the first team list. On the first team defense, DeMarvin Leal, defensive lineman from Texas A&M. The linebacker spot, Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama. And at the DB spot, it's Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU. On your second team offense, they put George Pickens in there from Georgia. The wide receiver coming back from that injury. We'll see how quickly he does come back. But he makes the list. So does Jalen Watermeyer, the Texas A&M tight end. He's on the second team offense. Jamari Saylor, uh, Salyer, the uh, Georgia offensive lineman, makes the list. And Anders Carlson, Auburn's kicker on the second-team offense of the Walter Camp list. And rounding things out, second-team defense, Jordan Davis, big D lineman out of the state of Georgia, or out of the from the Georgia Bulldogs. And then in the secondary, a 
couple of SEC guys with Josh Job from Alabama, Eli Ricks from LSU, Kair Elam from Florida, and Jake Camarda, the Georgia punter on the second team defense. Of course, because of the way the SEC has played out last couple years, it's over easy to overlook some of the other teams. Of course, everywhere you go, all everybody wants to talk about is Alabama in the West, and Georgia in the East, and maybe you know Texas A&M or whatever, but... Cole Kublik was on with Paul Feinbaum yesterday, and he says a couple teams he's a little he's high on that nobody's really talking about. He says in the West, it's Mississippi State. I think in the SEC, Paul, one team in the West that nobody's talking about is Mississippi State. And if you go back and take a really good look at when the youth was injected into that offense and then what they did after that, I really do believe that this is a chance that has to extend in a team that can maybe exceed expectations. Quarterback Will Rogers wasn't really the guy until late in the season, and he seemed to have a better grasp on it as the season went on. Well, they add Jack Abraham from Southern Miss, who has experience, so now you have you still have depth at quarterback, even though your initial starter last year moves on. Jaquavius Marks had two 100, almost did, I think he went for over 75 yards in two of his last three games. Both of his touchdowns came in the last three games. Jaden Wally had three of his 100-yard receiving games in the last five games of the year. So a lot of that production came late, and there were some offensive line deficiencies just as how it was managed that I think Coach Leach and company are going to sort of go back to the drawing board and get figured out and understand that they can't operate that way against SEC defenses and it will make life much easier on them this year. And no one gives Zach Arnett enough credit for what he did with that defense last year. I know they lose the heart and soul of that defense with Marquis Spencer being gone and Errol Thompson being gone in the middle of that defense. Kobe Jones is going to be gone, but they still have a lot of guys that played a lot of football. I think Mississippi State can extend. And the West is going to be up for grabs because LSU is going to be better. Ole Miss is still going to be extremely dangerous. A&M, I don't think, is going to drop off very far. And Alabama is the obvious front runner. How about in the East, Cole Kublik? Who are you high on? In the East, I would go Kentucky. And I think a lot of it comes down to quarterback. They're going to have the best offensive line in the league entering the season. Chris Rodriguez might be the most underrated tailback in all of college football. And what's the problem been for the Wildcats? Offensively, it's been wide receiver. They haven't been explosive. They haven't been able to separate. And they haven't had a real game breaker there. Well, now you bring in a transfer in in Wondell Robinson. You bring in a transfer from Michigan State. And you have quarterbacks, multiple quarterbacks, be it Joey Gatewood, Will Levis, or Bo Allen, that seemingly are going to be able to get the ball down the field in a little bit more of an efficient way. Liam Cohen comes in as the offensive coordinator. He'll bring some NFL flavor to that passing game and passing scheme. And they they got almost everybody back on defense. I mean, six of the front seven are back. The entire D-line is back. And speaking of guys who don't get enough credit, Brad White has done an amazing job with the Kentucky defense the last few years. And I just love the way Mark Stoops is building it. They can still be a physical, lunch-pail football team that adds a little bit more of a dynamic passing game because of the new coaching staff that's coming in and because of some of the new personnel that they've been able to bring in. They've done a great job in the portal. Mark Stoops gets it. He knows that you're going to have to not only fill gaps but also get better through the portal. And I think Kentucky has done that. And with everybody other than Georgia, maybe not going backwards in the East, Paul, but not looking like they're taking a big step forward. I mean, I think Kentucky could take a step forward and Missouri could take a step forward. I don't have a ton of confidence that any other team not named Georgia in the East is going to be a lot better than they were last year. So there could be a lot of wins sitting there waiting for a team like Kentucky. 
And one more from Cole Kublik on the Paul Feinbaum show yesterday. Cole says he's not high on Auburn this year. I love Brian Harson. I love his attitude. I love his demeanor. I love what he's doing with the team. He's had some big wins in the portal, like Donovan Kaufman from Vanderbilt, a guy that that coaching staff raved about. But, Paul, I have major concerns about that offensive line. I love Tank Vixen. I mean, there, there are not many tailbacks in college football that are more fun to watch than that young man. I know they want to utilize the tight end, and they have some bodies there, but they don't have a lot of guys who have been very productive. They are extremely young at wide receiver. They don't have a receiver that has more than 200 career receiving yards or more than seven career catches and more than two touchdown receptions in their entire career that returns on that Auburn roster. Offensive line and receiver was where I thought they needed to get some wins in the portal. And even though Coach Harson's had some success, he wasn't able to get a lot of bodies at those two positions that I thought could help. And it's going to be hard for me to believe that Bo Nix takes big steps until I see it. Bo Nix has got to accept coaching. I think that's his biggest flaw. If he accepts, I mean, think about the quarterback brain trust that you now have at Auburn. Brian Harson played it, coached it, coordinated offense. Bobo played it, coached it, coordinated it, and was a head coach. Those guys are, and you bring in your offensive coordinator from Boise as an analyst, they got guys that can teach you how to play quarterback and help you get better. If Bo Nix accepts that coaching, he has a chance to take a step. And I do think TJ Finley was a massive addition to that football team. Number one, to push Bo Nix. And I think Brian Harson wants that. I know Mike Bobo wants that. They want the competition. And TJ Finley didn't get a spring practice, Paul. He hadn't had a ton of time as the guy as a college football quarterback. So he might be able to come in and take some big steps, but you're still relying on someone without a ton of experience. So big question marks in big places. The girth of the defensive line concerns me a little bit. Love the linebackers. Plenty of numbers in the secondary. But with that schedule, playing in the West and having to go to Penn State, that's asking a lot for a first-year head coach that has some number deficiency issues with his roster heading into season one. That is Cole Kublik over on the Paul Feinbaum show yesterday. Appreciate uh, him for sharing his insight on some of the teams in the SEC that he's high and maybe not so high on next season. That's going to do it for me, Chris Gordy. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the college football weekend up in Omaha. And we will talk to you guys on Monday, recapping it all and continuing to count down the days to the start of SEC football season. Talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. A quick reminder, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.